I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Conful by Design with the third installment from a live event at Soho House Studio in West Hollywood, California. Candace Hickman has followed a really interesting path along the way to a 15 plus year career in hospitality design from boutique restaurants in Hong Kong to flagship properties for Soho House and Company. <laughs> I met Candace in the living room of the Soho House Melrose Studio, a building that has some serious design history. After serving as home base for Rose Tarlow in the West Hollywood Design District, the building itself deserves mention for a few reasons. It is the only showroom of its kind that I know of in the design districts of Los Angeles with an A-frame built into the architecture, placing windows in what is similar to, I can only call a central atrium, allowing for natural light to flood the space. This makes the showroom bright during the day and moody at night, allowing designers and clients alike to see the furnishings in different types of light and space. The Soho House line is creative, unique, and designed to foster conversation and silent enjoyment alike. Candace and I sat to talk about this and other topics on an afternoon in May when Soho House so generously offered to host the Convo by Design 10th anniversary party, an event for a small, incredible group of industry insiders, designers, and architects, most of which who have appeared on the show. The event also was sponsored by SoCal Design Magazine, Southern California's premier design publication. It was an absolute joy to celebrate um, with friends in the industry. It was fantastic. In, 20, in 2005, rather, Candace was approached by Soho House to lead design for the Soho House Hong Kong development. Given her established prominence in the Hong Kong interior design world, relocating to Soho House New York, New York's design studio, she became established as the design director for North America, soon completing her first project at Little Beach House in Malibu. Candace has since led interior design for seven Soho House properties, each project noteworthy for its crafted references to locale. Significant examples include Dumbo House, a club space perched above the historic Empire Stores building in Brooklyn, New York, and Soho Warehouse at the Arts District of downtown Los Angeles, an adaptive reuse of a former warehouse to a 40-bedroom hotel compound as lead designer. Candace has liaised directly with high-profile private clients, bringing Soho House's design nuance to their personal residences. Her work has been featured in Arc Digest, The New York Times, NL Decor, as well as others. Some great stories, and I'm going to let her share them with you as we talk about this and so much more right after this. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. 
Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me and you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a, a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce inspired by the brilliance of Northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials. One thing that I love to do when I'm talking to new friends, mm -hmm. especially designers and architects, mm -hmm. tell me the story. I am a sucker for a good backstory. And, and I love the the origin story where it's like, how did you wind up here? It's oh, just fascinating. I to have me. a story. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was in Hong Kong, and um, I was in Hong Kong for about eight years, and I just I started a design firm in Hong Kong, focused mostly on residential, and then went into hospitality and um, a lot of restaurants, F&B. And um, basically, I moved to Hong Kong, was switching careers, I used to be in, in fashion, and um, I found this apartment, this loft apartment, and met this landlord. I was renting it at the time, and, and he was about to renovate. So I said, you know, can, can, can you give me the budget and can I do it? And I had no idea what I was doing. I was not an interior designer at all. I convinced him. It was a very small budget. I had no idea it was small. <laughs> and I did this renovation, and um, it ended up on the cover of, of Home Journal, which was the magazine in Hong Kong. And from that, from that cover, people started calling me for work, and I just said yes, and I really had no idea what I was doing. And um, yeah, so just started doing work, ended up there for eight years was ready to come back to the States. I wanted to be in New York next, originally from California. And um, I had, at that time, I had Airbnb'd my house when I traveled. It was kind of newly popular in Hong Kong. And um, the Soho Home Development, or the Soho House Development team inquired about my place. And I said, no, it's, it's not for rent. Um, I'm here, or something like that. And um, they wanted to meet me. They're like, oh, are you a local designer? We're scouting locations um, for Soho House in Hong Kong. And so we met for coffee, and I ended up becoming, you know, moving to New York and working for Soho House in the New York office, which was kind of like a dream I had to get back to New York. Um, and that's how I came to Soho House. Soho House. Okay. So the whole fake it till you make it thing, mm -hmm. I love that. It's, I mean, yeah, that's what I did. Well, listen, at that is what, at some point, every creative does. I mean, I think Soho House is like that. 
like no one in Soho House knew what they were doing when they started this company, right? Everybody, you know, bar managers 25 years ago are on the C-suite. So it's, it's a very, that spirit is like, it's honored in Soho House. So tell me, tell me the connection between Soho House, Soho Home, and the studios that are, that are popping up and developing. So we've always had a furniture line in, we've always had a version of Soho Home product, retail, um, within Soho House. And I would say a few years ago when Andrew Carney came on, they really grew that arm of the business. And, um, you know, their main focus is retail, but there's also space to collaborate with the design teams um, in the products they launch for retail. So ideally, when we're opening Holloway House or Nashville House or Barcelona House, they have either capsule collections or small pieces that they put into the retail line that is inspired by and really things that come off the floor from our design within those houses. So we collaborate together before we, in the, you know, when we start the furniture design process of a project and we say we're looking to do these pieces, we work with the team, they're based in London, um, and, and we decide which ones are the best from our house that they believe is the best for retail. What's interesting, too, is that you have all of these kind of like one-off ideas, mm-hmm. right? So the furnishings from, from each one, these, these micro collections mm-hmm. from, that are inspired by. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the, how the design side works because it's really, it's so, it's so loosely connected, but it makes perfect sense and it seems to work pretty well. Do you mean the connection between the different Soho houses? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, first and foremost, it's about like being local. So the neighborhood, the members who live there, and the house itself, right? Uh, many of our projects are kind of restorations of old buildings. Um, so what works with like in the identity of that building, the architecture? Is it an old warehouse? Is it a London townhouse? Like so that is a huge influence on the furniture we put in, whether that means we're mar- we're marrying it to that style or we're doing something completely off- opposite. It's what drives those decisions. So you have the architecture and then you have, the locality and the neighborhood like you know west hollywood is is you know our newest house is holloway and you know at the heart of west hollywood is where holloway is and it's bold and it's vibrant and it's like punchy and that is kind of what we did with the furniture in that space so those are really the two uh the two drivers for inspiration and then you know the third connecting element i think is comfort like and treating it like a residential home so we design in a very residential way like we're not like typical hospitality companies like you know we use vintage furniture that after six months breaks but it's important for us to have that in there because it creates a sense of age we never want you you know we never want you to walk into a soho house and have it feel like it was just built yesterday it needs to feel like it's been there forever so those kind of elements are throughout isn't that isn't that kind of the essence of well done hospitality design is that you don't feel like you're in a hotel. You don't feel like you're in a club. You don't feel, you feel like you're in the home of a friend. Yeah. I think that's what makes hospitality design successful when it is successful. It's makes, makes you feel like that. Um, 
we call our hotel rooms bedrooms. We do not call them hotel rooms. So everything is kind of a house reference. When it comes to the internal design team, mm -hmm. what's the... It's, it's a strange question, I, I know, but what's, what's the ethos behind it? Because you have, you have the company that was started, mm -hmm. how long ago? 27 years, somewhere yeah. between 25, 27. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was, it was started at a time where clubs, hospitality, very different Mm -hmm. than, than the way things are perceived now for a mm -hmm. litany of reasons, not mm -hmm. the least of which is the pandemic, which while everyone's tired of talking about it, myself included, s some transformational ideas in mm -hmm. design have come out of this. And you know what's really funny? I was thinking about our conversation mm -hmm. and um, I was kind of reminiscing and thinking about some things that I'd talked about over the, over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know, the pandemic around the Spanish flu mm -hmm. 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. These ideas that came out of it, subway tile in a residential home, you know, the fact that you had um, prior to that bathrooms and water closets, they were made primarily out of, you know, like porous wood, mm -hmm. which is not a good idea for, for a, a bathroom where you have a lot of moisture and bacteria. Mm -hmm. And from that came all of these new designs and new ideas rather in design. Mm -hmm. And it feels like with the hospitality background of the company, mm -hmm. like that was the original ethos. It's all about making people feel at home. So it doesn't matter what changes over time, because if you're trying to make people feel at home, you just sort of adapt. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. What changed what changed for the company over over the last few years as it relates to, to design and how you make your guests feel comfortable and how this design is made to make customers clients feel comfortable you know I don't think a lot has changed design wise I think we're designing very much the same way that we did pre-pandemic um, you know people began to value outdoor space more but we have always valued that like it's key to our buildings we always want rooftop we always want terraces um, we're still doing, you know, the same configurations, the same amount of communal spaces, two tops. Um, there's really not much that has, nothing has changed. You're listening to my conversation with Candace Hickman from the Soho House Melrose Studio. We'll be right back. We are living in a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively, with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom 
in Fountain Valley, California. The Institute of Classical Architecture and Art Southern California chapter is a forum for professionals in the industry and enthusiasts to come together, share their love, and show their commitment to the timeless principles of beauty, proportion, and observation that are embodied in classicism. Their members include renowned architects, designers, landscape architects, builders, students, artists, and creatives from every walk of life. It's a wonderful organization designed to celebrate the unique regional identity of Southern California and help develop the careers of the like-minded. If you're interested in joining or would like to learn more about sponsorship and support for the ICAA Southern California chapter, please email me, convobydesign at outlook.com. If it works, you keep with it. But it's, yeah. it's funny how you reference, you know, residential as a two-top because that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's not residential. That's hospitality. Yeah. 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 No, but, it, but, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because residential really is hospitality, and hospitality really is residential. Yeah. At least it should be. Yeah. It, I mean, it's what you're trying to create when someone enters your space. Like, our spaces, our houses. So, so as you think about design, mm-hmm. and so your role, what do you do day to day? So I would say the conceptual part of design is very small part of design. It's like the most amazing, the most fun, the most hopeful, exciting part when you start a new project. And then the rest is, how do I make this happen in the right amount of time and on budget? So, and you know, how do I get my team motivated? How do I get my team inspired? How do I, you know, how do I get to the end? Um, So some projects are five years long. Some projects are six months long. Some projects are three months long when we do quick refreshes. Um, every single day is different. You're speaking to vendors. You're speaking to you know outside consultants, um, different architects on the project, different even sometimes we have other design firms working with us. Um, fabric vendors, tile vendors, how slippery is this tile? How can we clean this fabric? I mean, it's absolutely everything. But, you know, the fun concept ideas is maybe 20% what you do. And then and then how does how does the individual city inform the individual projects? Like the the table that we're talking from today was inspired by one of the collections, I'm not sure which one it was, but when you look around this studio, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a studio, not a showroom, there's a difference. Yes. There's a yes. difference. Yeah. But, but it's, you, you have, it's multicultural, it's multinational, it's very, very different. And what I love about that is you have different pieces that are inspired by different, different locations. Each of the cities. Um, I'll speak to one specifically. I'm working on Sao Paulo right now, and that city... Um, I mean, it, you know, it's iconic. It's it's an Amazon. Um, so, and it has incredible, um, beautiful woods, right? So, you know, a lot of woods um, are highlighted in the collection coming from Sao Paulo. Also a very unique project, one of the first we've ever done, that every, everything is coming from that country. It's the first time because the import taxes are so incredibly high. So while it was so challenging at first, um, to be constrained by that, um, that word constraint, you know, that constraint actually turns into something incredible. Like instead of just, you know, starting a project and saying like, what do we want to design? Like, what can they design? 
like what are they good at in in Brazil? Um, so it was really interesting. Um, it's that project's in construction right now, so it's a really interesting project and like so local. Um, it was a great experience. Do you do you have a favorite city that you've worked on? Um, I mean, I've done three projects in Los Angeles, so you know it's easy to work in Los Angeles, right? You have all your vendors here, you have all your contacts. Um, I would say Sao Paulo is the most exciting. Yeah. LA is one of the, so I'm a native Angelino. Mm -hmm. And while I don't live here currently, I have always loved LA. I love LA because the city as, as represented by the people who, who live, work and play here, there's always been like one foot in the past and one firmly in the future, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why sometimes, you know, you'll have a favorite building and it doesn't, it doesn't last. It gets torn down and it's, and it's <laughs> yeah. too bad. But there's always been, at least in LA, and I know that there are other cities as well, where it's so experimental. Like the moment you land at LAX, you instantly feel, you get out and you, you that, that smell of the beach and jet fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who's been to LA and you walk out of LAX, you instantly just get hammered by this combination of salt air and jet fuel. And palm trees, blue it, sky. It's, yeah. it's just, it's multi-sensory. Mm -hmm. And I think it really feeds creativity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this building that we're in today where, where Soho Home Studio is on, on Melrose, formerly Rose Tarlow, this is a gorgeous building. It's a gorgeous space. The ceilings are incredible. And the light, yeah. the light that you get here. And, and you know, it's interesting because for me, because I've, I've been in this building before recording. And one of the things that I love about it, you have this odd A-frame within the studio itself. And then you have skylights above it. And this part of West Hollywood, you don't generally get above lighting like this it's just it's not this double height ceiling and it's nondescript like you don't realize what you're entering into yeah. from the street yeah um yeah i mean it's a beautiful space so what were you thinking when when you're thinking okay you know this is the this is the next this is the next iteration the next soho home yeah well i think you know we always want to highlight what's existing mm -hmm. so that is kind of the most important thing we don't want to cover it up if there's something that's beautiful um we want to showcase it um perfect you know double height ceiling perfect space to show all the amazing chandeliers um we really kept it very simple um and then you know just created the nooks within the space so you don't you don't feel like you're in a gridded showroom you really have time to meander and wander um if we do that with all our buildings like downtown los angeles an old warehouse um incredible space we wanted to you know we wanted to really highlight that patina in our bedrooms you'll see that we still have the exposed brick on the club floor we had during pre-construction we had it, it was vandalized quite a few times and um during some of those break-ins people um graffitied the walls and we kept it we kept it in the entire club space the walls are graffitied it, you know we loved it and we put art on top of it it's incredible like that to us is an element of design lemonade out of lemons yes <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah it's interesting because as I was growing up and I would always see you know on on 
Yo MTV raps, the videos coming out of New York with the hip hop videos where they would always show the trains. Yeah. And I always thought that is the coolest thing how the trains were just completely tagged mm-hmm. just every you know eight feet and below yeah of every train yeah. was just completely it's so much color yeah it's like an old Ramoa suitcase that's been around the world right it's got all those marks yeah I love that yeah 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 it's amazing um so working with the design team and mm-hmm. by the way just a side question do you have a favorite a favorite house uh-huh. DTLA probably the yeah. warehouse mm-hmm. why um it was one of the first I started on. Malibu House was my first, um, but I came in as it had already started. So it was kind of, Warehouse was the first that was, I really kind of got to see it from inception to completion. And I learned a lot. I mean, when I was hired by Soul House, I was still faking it. So <laughs> that's I'm awesome. finally not <laughs> faking it. What was, the, what was the line of delineation? What, what changed? When, when when did that change? When not officially, but like when did you when do you remember when you officially thought you know what I'm not I'm not faking it anymore. Like I'm not I'm I don't have the imposter syndrome anymore. It's like I have because I get I hear yeah. that a lot. Yeah. But I don't have that anymore. Here is what happened when it changed everything. It's for me. just the experience you see. You know. Th- through three or four openings um, and, you know, four years of that. And you're like, you know what you're doing now. You know, you've you've been through all of the surprises. There's always more and everything's challenging, but it's really just experience. And then you have confident, confidence. Yeah, I get that. It's funny because for me, I, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was, a, I was invited to speak at Dwell on Design. And, you know, there are hundreds of people in the audience and I've spoken in front of a lot of people before, but it was like, this is Dwell on Design. This is so cool. Like, this is okay. Yeah. This is different. I get yeah. this. I love this. So for you, you know, it's a moment. Well, it's funny that you say that because yesterday I was on a panel here, um, here at home and I thought, I know what I'm talking about. So so it was kind of a moment that like, I actually know what I'm doing. So it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. I love yeah. that. It's funny because, um, you know, imposter syndrome is something that I've, I've spoken to musicians and athletes and architects, designers, artists, chefs, and everybody. It's a universal, but nobody talks about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I wonder if it's almost like a form of mental illness, you know, because, and because people don't really talk about it, but, mm-hmm. it's, but it's so true. And then it, you can see it, the, the journey manifest itself in the work. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it, because when I'm looking at the space, your space makes me happy. Like, <laughs> like I like it in here. It feels good. It feels good. Yeah. And that's what good design is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Your design team. Mm-hmm. So what is what's the mission? Because you have you have two very different groups within within the umbrella of the company. Mm-hmm. You have Soho House, you have Soho Home, mm-hmm. and you know, is it trans? It is is it transferring that experience into a client a, a client a customer into their residential space? Is it is it bigger than that? What's the what's the mission? I, I think it's as simple as that. I mean, the mission for our houses and the design within our houses is for somebody to feel like they're going home the second they enter. That is like, is that chair comfortable enough? Like, you never, you never want anything to feel too fussy. Like, that is, you know, as, as many, like, crazy design ideas that 
a designer wants to bring in, they always have to remember the member, right? So it's, are we making them feel comfortable and like they're at home? Um, and then that's, you know, the evolution of Soho Home and why Soho Home became what they are now is because we then wanted to give that to our member. Your background in fashion. I have a, a background in a few things. <laughs> um, yeah, um, kind of, I started in graphic design. Um, I did product development. Um, I worked in fashion for a bit. Um, not, I wouldn't call it fashion, children's clothing, apparel. Um, it's fashion. It's, it's not like very fashion forward, okay. but apparel, right? Okay. Um, and then um, with those jobs, I ended up spending a lot of time in Asia and Southeast Asia. Um, doing factory visits, trips, things like that, which is how I then ended up in Hong Kong. I asked the question mm -hmm. because I'm, I am genuinely interested in how your other creative endeavors inform what you do now. It's really interesting because if you talk to someone who does design mm -hmm. but has never done any sort of fashion. Mm -hmm. Another kind of design. Uh, yeah. Well, well, okay, so it's interesting yeah. be because it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you know, my background was in journalism. Mm -hmm. And when I was working with NASCAR, I would, I would be watching what some of these engineers are doing, building engines for, for NASCAR. They are, the cars are works of art. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, the design is crafted down to a millimeter to take, you know, airflow, what they did performatively mm -hmm. and functionally was incredible, is incredible. Mm -hmm. But all these guys have, you know, their skill set comes from different areas, yeah. right? So anyone who's got creative experience through other endeavors, it, it obviously, because it, it has to inform what you do now, but mm -hmm. because of, you, of your, you know, retail in, in fashion, mm -hmm. clothing, mm -hmm. design, graphic, mm -hmm. it's got, how does that inform the, the way that, that you envision creating now? Well, I think all of them contribute. And like on my journey to find out what I loved doing, you know, I happen to have started with these things. And, you know, graphic design, um, it's balance on a page, right? So you're still kind of finding those elements right now. It's balance in a, in a three-dimensional space. Um, and in the job that I do now, you're actually still using graphics, right? We have to present, we have to sell our design in a clean, you know, concise way, right? So we still use those kinds of elements in presentations. Um, and then, you know, um, apparel, right? Uh, textiles, textures, like all of those things, you know, the balance of color, like all of those things play in my everyday right now. I think until I came to interior design, like I wasn't quite happy yet. And then I was like, wait a second, I can do all this in a three-dimensional space. Like, and when you, when I finished like my first few projects, I, that like, I was finally happy. I was like, this is it, you know? And yeah. So right now the internal design team mm -hmm. works on all, all the product. So we have, um, we have three different offices. So we have a London office, a New York, and an LA. Um, New York and LA work as one team. And we are North and South America. And the London office covers Europe and Asia. But the design teams are internal to the company. Yes, yes. So at any point, do you imagine working with other designers on so collections? 
So we we have, I mean, when Soas first started, they were um, actually external design teams. Mm. Um, so I think Miami is one of those, um, the, origi- the original Miami. Um, and for every project, at least in the U.S., we work with external architecture firms. So we have our own um, architecture team in-house, but you, you need a local AOR on every project, right, that's going to sign and stamp drawings. So depending on what city we are in, we partner with them. So, you know, they are somewhat of a design partner in in that aspect. Um, I mean, we Soho House definitely drives design direction. Um, there have been times when we have partnered with external um, interior teams as well, but Soho is design direction, so... What's next? For Soho House? Residences? See, I, I, like, I like just taking these broad questions, sometimes just throwing them on the table and <gasps> see, seeing what comes back. I think, you know, we have um, kind of um, always looked into um, having that be something we could sell to the member. So I think that is a nice, you know, next step for us. So we've given you this furniture, so now you can buy this home. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, all right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that could be next. The Soho Home Design House, which is yeah. actually a club. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. I mean, that, wait a minute. That's amazing. Yeah. You go and party at the, cl- at the club for a couple of days. It's like, you know what? I want to live here. Yeah. I'm just going to buy it. I'll buy it. It's I'll my buy residence. It. It's my house now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Where do you go to find creative inspiration? I mean, it's really just travel, right? So everything you see in the new cities, like in the cities we go to, you know, it's important for the design team to spend some time there. I'm working on Portland right now, um, opening this year. Oregon or Maine? Uh, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, we got to know the city. We spent some time there, spent some nights, went out to dinner, went to galleries. Um, that's really where our inspiration comes from. Portland's a cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, vandalizing. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's, we have, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like a, um, an industrial warehouse building as well. So, yeah. Isn't it funny how, how certain cities kind of get their own rep? Yeah. Does, does the rep of a city, I don't know if this is a stupid question or not, but it, I'm curious, is it, does the rep of a city affect your design at all? Like I would think a DTLA... Is, club is a house is a, is a little mm-hmm. grungier it's a little grittier oh definitely and i would think yeah. portland's a little grittier and, yeah and well that's also i mean that's influenced by the building right we left it raw and because the streets of downtown arts district is pretty raw yeah so it definitely well said it. well yeah. said yeah yeah that's true mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to think about it no because I, I love that because there are, you know, growing up in L.A., but moving around quite a bit, there are cities in this country that are that are nondescript. I'm not going to mention because I don't, I don't I don't have to. But mm-hmm. there are some that really are amazing. Yes. There are some cities in the country like um, I'm working on a design house now in Tulsa, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And like there's another Tulsa. I don't know. But it's it's funny because Tulsa is one of those cities that the architecture 
is so heavily influenced by Art Deco from the early 1920s mm -hmm. when the city was, like at one point Tulsa, Oklahoma was the, the wealthiest city in the country. Wow. At one point in time, mm -hmm. 1920s, 1930s. Yeah. And so the architecture was, was just ornate mm -hmm. and distinct. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it remains. You have certain, some you know, Nashville. Austin, mm -hmm. Memphis, mm -hmm. you know, some of these cities that just have their, have their rep. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I think it, I imagine it's kind of fun. Do you, do you meet on that? Is that a meeting? Like, like what's the, what's the vibe? Let's nail it down as we put the design together or does it just sort of happen organically? We, we meet, I mean, yeah. So we have our design team, right? And so let's say we're going into a new city, um, let's call it Seattle. Um, we definitely, we do some research on the history of Seattle. Like it was a logging center um, and it's a port city and it is, um, it used to be called like the Emerald City because of So this. green. Yeah, because it's so green, right? I'm telling you this because I did a concept for <laughs> Seattle. So like those are interesting elements to us. Um, and so, you know, we put together a concept presentation and you know you have some amazing old historical photographs and and then we want to bring in like some con contemporary elements too right i mean it's it's where grunge came from um so you get some of that late 70s early 80s like maybe we're going to do some postmodern furniture it's like a little uglier but it's a little heavier and it kind of works with seattle um so we come up with these ideas and then we you know we present them to ownership so this is how this is what we think Seattle is, and we and we talk to um, you know we have membership team right, and we have potential members. If we don't have a house in an area, we have cities without houses. So we speak to them. What are they doing? You know, what are their jobs? Like all of those kinds of things, and then we put together this concept, and these are our ideas, and you know they become the pillars of the design, right? And so you know, we don't want this like one note narrative, but you're still kind of subtly drawing back to those things when you make your selections. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's what makes it so fun and special. And by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't mention. So we are at uh, Soho Home. You guys have, have so graciously offered to, to host our the Convo by Design 10th anniversary party, which we're having here tonight. And mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm I'm so excited to be here. I'm so appreciative. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a little overwhelming to be honest with you, but it's just really cool. So thank you for doing that. Of course. Yeah. And thank you for sitting down. I, I love this. I love this. Oh, it's been a great time. Thank you. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery style space with a thoughtful display of products purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery, high end faucets, luxury tile, Natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. You hear conversations about transformative design all the time on Convo by Design. We talk about it all the time. But what does that really mean? Design improves the lives of those who inhabit the space, but it also feeds the creativity and the soul of the creative. Are you looking for a way to give back 
The Oasis Alliance is a 501c3 collective of creatives based in and around the Washington, D.C. area with a mission to provide healing spaces to those who are rebuilding, rehabilitating, and recovering. Have you wondered how to apply your design skills to uplift your community? It all starts with a desire and a willingness to share your gifts. Danielle Woodhouse Johnson of the Oasis Alliance and her team are looking for guest designers, in-kind sponsors, and funding to make better the spaces and therefore the lives of everyday people who find themselves coming out of traumatic situations. Check out theoasisalliance.org for more information. Thanks for helping. I cannot tell you how thankful I am to Soho House for hosting this event. Thank you, Candace, for making the time to speak with me. Thank you to all of the amazing designers, architects, insiders, and publicists who came out to celebrate with me. Thank you to my sponsor partners, Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware for your continued support. I greatly appreciate you. And thank you for listening, subscribing, and downloading the show. My goal is to continue bringing you the stories behind Sublime Design as well as a podcast that allows those in the industry to up your design game through inspiration, information, and opportunity. Until next week, be well and take today first. (laughs) 